All right, as you're listening to this, turkey season is officially upon us. And when we were on our way down south, Jake and I were riding together. So we decided to talk about a topic that we felt would be relevant for early season, and that's dealing with hend-up turkeys. We talk about that, and we talk also about just individual turkeys and how to kind of read them, which is just something that we always are talking about anyway. So we decided to record a podcast about it. If there's anything else turkey-related that you guys want to hear about, feel free to let us know. We're open to suggestions. We're already talking about turkey hunting all the time anyway, so if there's something specific that you guys want to hear about, let us know and we'll try to fit it into an episode. Last year was a wild year for censorship for hunters and anglers, and that's why we've partnered with the social media platform Go Wild to combat mainstream social media censorship. Go Wild is a free social media community where not only are your photos not censored, they're encouraged on Go Wild. Go Wild gives you points for things like sharing your trophies, gear reviews, and inviting friends. As you earn points, you unlock awesome rewards too, such as gift cards, free swag, knives, huge discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex, and so much more. And if you create a free account, you can unlock $10 just for trying it out. So visit DownloadGoWild.com to get started. Thanks again for listening. Let's talk early season turkey tactics. We're driving south to go turkey hunting. <laughs> yeah. Our worlds have went from winter to spring in the snap of a finger. Yeah. It's a pretty well, w- just a matter of a few hours, not the snap of a finger, but it feels like it. A little more than a few hours. <laughs> it's like a two-day journey. Uh-huh. I came from Colorado, and I've been at it since, like, I think I got started at, like, about one yesterday. Mm-hmm. Dropped some stuff off my parents, and then tug off and then i've been driving since i stopped at like one o'clock last night in missouri slept along the highway and it was super loud that i didn't tell you about that that, about my mistake don't sleep right next to Mm -hmm. i-70 it's (laughs) as loud as i'll get out Uh and i like i knew it as soon as i stopped i'm like that wasn't a good idea like (laughs) too loud but yeah to get a to maybe to give a good idea of where we're coming from is my buddy brett he does like field tiling work Mm -hmm. and the permafrost is still so solid that he can't get his huge machine out there and break through the frost (laughs) to tile fields yet that's how froze the ground is still so yeah and now we're going into like 70s this week Uh goblin turkeys so we're pretty excited yeah and with early turkey season we always are dealing with hend up turkeys Mm -hmm. to a certain degree i mean some years you hit it right, and depending on when your opener is, I think it that varies quite a bit. You yeah, know, there's some states where maybe Seems a like they bit. push it back a little bit. Yeah, and if you got further that, into like the breeding season, I guess you'd say mm-hmm. right. And if you got that, sometimes you get good weather. It's like birds are already cruising, and yeah. you know they're alone, and mm-hmm. it's really really good. But generally speaking, you know if you got a little bit colder start, even or you know it's an early season. Um, early opener probably going to deal with some amount of hunting that's you know dealing with these hend up turkeys and mm-hmm. i mean you, heck you can get that on the last day of season though yeah. too mm-hmm. so definitely a lot more common though like you say early early mm-hmm. in the year they're earlier in the year and they kind of start breeding hens and hens start breaking off and eventually they might just be all by themselves depending on what size the fox are in the area mm-hmm. most most areas it seems like you can find lone tom Mm -hmm. and i i always think of when i'm going south i always think okay prep yourself for the worst like Mm -hmm. prep yourself for maybe not hearing a gobble for the next couple days and and maybe 40 degree weather i mean it it can be that cold i think i remember it being that cold a couple times maybe even colder probably even colder but yeah just kind of luck of the draw as far as weather goes depending on the year Mm -hmm. what it what it's going to be like for opening it it's going to be rainy for us, it looks like here, so uh, we're probably just going to have to go into it kind of expecting it to start out kind of slow, and then hopefully when the weather straightens out, uh, we can find a couple areas where there's turkeys gobbling, and it seems like we usually kind of just carefully hunt our way into those areas and mm-hmm. try not to booger them as long as we feel like nobody else is messing with them too much. The nice part about the rain coming in is, like, the following day, mm-hmm. day two of season, we're going to be able to see 
a lot of fresh sign. You know, it's going to be as fresh as it gets. So mm -hmm. that's that's one. And really I think nice the thing, thing that we should probably be. I mean, I'd say most of the audience that's listening is going to be hunting or taking these tactics and using them in their home state. Mm -hmm. So like the, I think the ideal start for the opener is like you've been out listening and you got. I mean, tabs on really as many different areas where there's birds gobbling as possible, and you just are making your best choice as far as which which area you think is going to be best for opening day. I mean, we don't we don't have that necessarily figured out, but we're just going to be figuring that out the first couple of days of season, hopefully. But I think in an ideal world, you're doing this weeks ahead of season. If yeah. if you got a good weather day and you got a half hour in the morning, jump out there and just put some ears over some ground and drop some pins and get a good idea on where there's some turkeys hanging out and then you can kind of just depending on what it's like opening day bounce around if you run into people in a spot that you're you're planning on going you, you got other options you don't have to freak out yeah that's something that i really really enjoyed doing when i was in college i was surrounded by public land and i could just go out on a you know, morning that I had a little bit later class and I could just drive around, uh -huh. pull into a spot, listen from the road, I'd drink coffee. Yeah, I'd, depending I'd on how long you got, hang bit. out there for a little bit, see yeah. what, what way they're moving off the roost. And, I mean, the more time you can spend out there getting tabs on where these turkeys are at and what they're doing, you, the better chance you're going to have because early in the year I feel like the best strategy is just being exactly in front of where the turkeys want to be and just letting them move through mm -hmm. you naturally if possible I mean maybe calling at them a little bit if necessary to pull them that extra 40 yards but really you just want to try to be in front of them because they're going to ultimately go wherever the hens go and mm -hmm. wherever they're feeding pretty much it seems like mm -hmm. I think the most classic early season turkey hunt and I can dive into specific examples of like what i used to think was happening to what i i think is happening now like very classic is you've got an idea where there's a turkey you move into that spot for opening day or you know first week of season and gobbles on the roost you kind of try to get closer you get as close as you can or whatever maybe you're just set up pretty close to that spot in general he flies down he gobbles less and less, and then eventually hits this point where it's like, did he, did he just shut up? Did he leave? Is he still there? You know, and then mm -hmm. you start to question like, what's what's really going on even? And I think back in the day, I used to just blame it on, well, oh, he just shut up. Like I can't do anything about that. Mm -hmm. And yes, to a certain degree, it certainly makes it more challenging. But that time of the year when they're flocked up they're still figuring out that pecking order or the toms are just generally speaking hanging out with those hens breeding them a lot more the drumming is really the number one thing well in scratching drumming and scratching it's like you have to almost shift what you're listening for from a gobble to just those different turkey sounds mm -hmm. to tip you off to keep you kind of in the game you know, obviously, if you've got a scout on it by having listened multiple mornings, seeing where they're going, like you said, Jake, we're going from uh, their roost tree to where they're headed next, wherever that may be. You know, you can already put yourself ahead of ahead of that a little bit. But if you don't have any um, intel, like, like what we're going to be doing, going in blind to an area, it's like you have to kind of listen for those other sounds you have to be super observant mm -hmm. as far as reading the sign afterwards so let's say for example that whole situation plays out bird flies down you kind of lose track of him but you kind of know where he was roosted mm -hmm. roughly go in there and check that out see where that sign is and the next opportunity you get to hunt then you can kind of capitalize on that i mean it might even be that same evening they mm -hmm. may come right back in that same area that's how yeah. that's how i shot yeah, and it seems like you can run into really consistent behavior earlier in the year because they have. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's another thing I was gonna say is when you're scouting, don't be don't be in there like bumping turkeys out or calling at them and yeah, just kind of educating yeah. them before season. That you're only, I think, you're only gonna hurt yourself and all the other hunters around mm -hmm. by doing that type of stuff. Um, but yeah, just kind of observing from a distance and then 
when the time's right or when whenever you can move in tight to where they're at i mean if you got a pretty good beat on them if maybe they have been roosting in a pretty consistent spot i mean even if you don't roost them the night before season just get in there get get kind of aggressive get close to where you think they might fly down and mm-hmm. as long as you get in there early enough and have a path that you know that you're not going to be too noisy or something and bust them all off the roost yeah but my first hunt down south it's very memorable because we had some cool pattern like patterning hunts i guess mm-hmm. the first one was with uh zach kurzieski and mm-hmm. it was warb zach and i and we or zach we had been splitting up and warb and i had been on one and uh ended up we'll, we'll circle back to that one but we ended up like been in different locations and kind of had tabs on these turkeys and it was the last day for the seven day permit that those guys had and we were like, all right, let's go all, like, throw all our, what is it, what do they say, throw eggs all your cards. that basket. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Take all the eggs and put them into one basket. Easter coming up, that might be a useful <laughs> one for you. Yeah. <laughs> so we went right to where Zach thought that the bird had flown down from. And we went there and we just set up on it in the evening, like, let's say if it was getting dark at, like, 745, we were in there at, like, 3 and mm-hmm. we just kind of were patient and waited and waited. A couple hours went by, and, like, let's say 6 o'clock, pow, he gobbled on his own. And I was like, whoa. Like, mm-hmm. when we hadn't been hearing much, you know, definitely not much in the afternoon, but um, heard that bird gobble, and he only gobbled once, and then we just listened to him scratch all evening. Just an hour or something, didn't Yeah, he? and he just scratched the whole he – never, he never really was strutting. We were calling, but he wasn't responding, and he just kind of scratched around us. And I remember it getting to a point – where I'm thinking, why can I not see this turkey? <laughs> like, I, I'm glassing. I'm sitting there. I'm, like, trying not to move. I'm blowing mosquitoes off, you know, off my face. And it's just like, how can I not see this thing? And Zach and Ward were on a different tree mm-hmm. just far enough where I couldn't really. <laughs> it's hilarious. I don't know that we'd ever set up like that now, but that's, how, that's what we were doing. And I, I remember, like, trying to read their body language and couldn't tell if they could see him or not. And. All of a sudden, here he comes walking straight to the trees that we're set up against. And he is looking up, like visibly tilting his head over, looking at the limbs, thinking, where am I going to fly up? And Zach shot him. And it was awesome because up to that point, we really hadn't been in the game much. Mm -hmm. And I think, to me, that was a, a really great learning lesson of like, hey, just trust that pattern mm-hmm. and if you haven't bumped them from it there's probably yeah. a good chance that they're going to be right back in there and then we turned around and did it the set the very mm-hmm. next night yeah the a lot of times that's going to be a better on. option than trying to call them in mm-hmm. really it seems like mm-hmm. just being exactly where they want to be and like maybe trying to encourage them with a call if you realize they're going to skirt you or something but yeah i can think of a lot of examples where we're just exactly where there's i mean you're killing them in a bunch of scratching and stuff mm-hmm. like that where they've been loafing for probably couple weeks or something you know Mm -hmm. and really when the season progresses and birds start to break up you have to deal i think with less of that real specific it's more Uh of just being in the right position would you agree that it's the time of year that it seems like you have to be the most patient Mm -hmm. just the earlier in the year the more patient it pays to be yep i totally agree with that i think just playing everything real slow sneaking around everywhere like just you said just listening for not a lot of times you're not listening for gobbling because you can't you're you just can't really count on them doing that but they're going to be as long as the weather's decent they're going to be drumming their asses off somewhere <laughs> yeah. and you can, as long as you're moving slow enough a lot of times you can get mm-hmm. within hearing distance of that before they can figure you out you know? well another thing too is early season and what's that what's the drumming sound like mm-hmm. okay <laughs> that's pretty decent uh-huh <laughs> we were talking earlier. We, if if you are listening to this, don't be giving out the secrets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if, you're, if you're listening to this and you have have or have not either way seen the video where our buddy Keith shot a bird in Ohio in the last minute. It's like the very last minute of the day, and season closes at noon, and he shot it at 11:59. If you watch that footage right before Keith shoots, he gives them a little. Mm. And I left. He it. drummed that bird in. I, I 
like made sure that put it, that audio is still in there because I just thought that was such a hilarious attempt. Like, and really, like Jake said earlier too, it's like why, why not at that mm-hmm. point? It's like who knows? But um, the other thing, hell, we try to make every other noise that they make. Right. Try to yeah. I mean, I really think incorporating a little because mm-hmm. they they definitely drum or uh, spit and you, that'll carry sometimes mm-hmm. the, both the drumming and the spitting yeah. but like I think you could almost even just spit and and not even have to worry about trying to make a drumming sound mm-hmm. and you might make one a little curious who knows mm-hmm. um, that half strut is the mm-hmm. you know and then they keep walking keep walking mm-hmm. but I was thinking too before I forget early in the season too when you got those really dry conditions you're dealing with the leaf matter from the previous season and a lot of times there's minimal green growth Mm -hmm. which softens up the forest floor when you've got that dry leaf litter and then you got just a big pile of it and the turkeys are in there scratching i mean especially if you got a little bit of terrain to hide behind that's one of my favorite ways and the most exciting ways to, to get on a turkey without hearing gobbling is just hearing scratching and being like oh yeah that's mm-hmm. definitely a turkey and just mm-hmm. setting up and calling and then boom then all of a sudden it can be on but um yeah that those are those are some ways that you can keep tabs on them or find them or whatever but mm-hmm. that's those are good tactics to be using that time of the year I got a question for you. Do you think when a tom is just straight up, like, with hands doing that that drumming, uh, you know, the strutting around the hens, displaying, mm-hmm. and he's in that full, like, breeder mode. And I always associate that with, like, he's got a, a pretty, like, white head, and he's just spinning in circles around these hens, and he's bare basically never even coming out of strut like mm-hmm. every time you see him he's in strut which is what the turkey that um keith killed in, in the last minute mm-hmm. that's what he was doing do you believe that when he's in that situation do you believe that you can even break his attention and actually call that turkey in because like i'm not totally sure that i believe that you can like, they hit a certain point, I guess, to me, where I don't know that you can. Yeah, I don't know. It seems like most times when you, <laughs> you're, you're quote-unquote calling them off a hen, it's just like, if you if you observe it, they actually just lose the hen. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, all right, well, I don't know what's going through their mind if they think it's, I doubt they think it's the same one. I think they probably recognize the sound, but they're just like, all right, well, there's one over there. Mm-hmm. It seems like they just lose them more often than they're just leaving them. Or it's like. But I don't know. I, that's, that's. I don't know. Maybe that's something you ask Mike Chamberlain or yeah. <laughs> Dave Owens or somebody mm-hmm. that you know knows a little bit more about it than me. But it, it is an interesting. I thought. just have been in so many situations where not so many. I shouldn't say so many. I've been in a handful or two situations where it's like I don't even know that that thing cares at all. Yeah, it seems like most times if if they are with hens, you're either calling the hen in, and they're like following her. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. You got the hen's attention. You're more so calling at the hens than you are the tom, just mm-hmm. hoping they'll. I mean, that's when you got to be hitting really well too. <laughs> yeah. When you got a hen coming in, or maybe a whole flock of hens coming in to check you out, that are, and he's just twenty, thirty yards back behind him, maybe even further. You know. Yeah. That's when it gets tough. I'm thinking of like Giannis's hunt last year in Georgia, where it's just that's a, a whole one. flock of turkeys. That's a great example. Toms are just bringing up the back and. What, yeah, what was the situation like that? Or what, tell me more about the details we of that. were right in front of where they were already going. I think, if I remember right, Giannis spotted them on an open field. And then we were just kind of going in from a different access, working down towards that field. And they were coming up that ridge into the burn as we were moving towards them. And we, we, I think we were just stopped there listening. And we probably had called. We had called for sure. No, no answers. And there's two or three times in this yeah. group. And we're standing there, and all of a sudden, Warb spotted. It was just real high contrast, middle of the day. You could see one of their backs shining coming up the ridge, and he got our attention, and he was already in that little root wad hole. Mm-hmm. It was just one of those deals where it worked out perfect for us, but we were kind of all split apart standing up, you know, when they first popped <laughs> up, but just we're in the right spot where they couldn't pick us out, and Warb got eyes on him, and, yeah, I don't think we called it all there. 
were just like like I said exactly where they were walking. Mm-hmm. And I mean, sometimes that's one of those deals where it's just like that that's where you have to be. Mm-hmm. You have to kind of almost because they for sure heard the calling that we had just been doing you know mm-hmm. and i don't remember exactly how long it was but we were just kind of slowly working our way down towards that field kind of still expecting them you know to be somewhere between us and the field and yeah they never gobbled once at it and there like i said there's three toms and a couple jakes in there i'm pretty sure so it's like plenty of turkeys down in there that mm-hmm. heard the call and they just didn't answer we had uh one my dad and i had a really cool hend up hunt one time we were talking about this last night on the phone and uh doug and i went into a full-on conversation (laughs) last night about well i should say it's more i start rambling and doug feeds into it a little bit Mm -hmm. it's pretty hilarious but we were having a good time reminiscing on specifics and we were talking about the one that we had in iowa like 2018 i think we were dealing with really bad weather it had snowed mm-hmm. like that night or days before it was it was there was snow on the ground and it mm-hmm. was like freezing cold it was like in the 20s and i remember kind of both of us being a little bummed like man he got the, that tag drove all the way out here and now yeah. he got freaking snow like that sucks but i mean a lot of people that's what they're dealing with totally their, their opener totally i mean anywhere from I mean, hell, it's going to be snowy in Colorado when that opens in a lot of places. There's mm-hmm. going to be snow in Wisconsin when it starts. You know, there's Probably always a lot of places in yeah. the northeast, I'd imagine. Mm-hmm. And so, there's, but they'll, I mean, as long as it's, they'll still do their thing, mm-hmm. even if it's damn cold. You know, mm-hmm. so if you get a crisp, sunny, still real cold day, they'll do the, they'll mm-hmm. do the damn thing. <laughs> <laughs> but we had spotted some turkeys there was at least one long beard and maybe a jake or hens that we couldn't really tell but we knew there was confirmed one long beard that went into the timber kind of towards dark in a specific spot that we knew fairly well and him and i started creeping in there in the dark but it was so cold and crunchy and snowy that like but it was a little windy that did also really help us and we were basically guessing where they were roosted just had basically dropped the pin thought if they're there it's going to be perfect if not then we can always adjust but that's going to be our starting point mm-hmm. and um we bumped a hen off the roost and as we bumped that hen i got all pissed off and i'm you know like flustered thinking like we just messed up the the tur- like we knew there's one here and we just got too careless and busted her but uh-huh. all of a sudden we start realizing we're like wait there's more like right inside more hands so we just plopped down real quietly and they slowly start waking up and tom i mean dude it's freezing cold and that sun just hammered up there like gobbled and gobbled and gobbled and gobbled and it was cold again I, if you didn't hadn't heard by now it's cold <laughs> and they, like, they just sat up in the tree for forever mm-hmm. like probably one of the longest up to that point in my hunting career i had seen them sit up in a tree finally they pitched down and when they did he gobbled a couple times but it definitely like got less and less but you could always tell they were still there every once in a while you'd hear a turkey noise you'd hear a drum you'd hear a meow meow something just telling you okay they're still here and um i started eventually just getting real aggressive on him and he started gobbling back a lot, which, does, I mean, definitely doesn't happen with every hen-up turkey. I mean, by all means, this certainly is, you know, situational. But he, I noticed he was getting pretty fired up on my call. Mm-hmm. So I just started laying into him, and he started really gobbling back, and all of a sudden I can tell he's getting closer. And what I really think happened to this day is that when we bumped that hen she flew away mm-hmm. and we just repl- we literally sat down right where she had been roosted and i think that he probably kind of was like ah, you know there was mm-hmm. a, there was so many at, at the very least i don't know that he had it a head count necessarily but he knew there's a lot of hens and then when all of a sudden mm-hmm. one is losing their mind just you know yeah. 60 yards over there i think we were just in his bubble enough that mm-hmm. in that specific situation 
and it was early season. You know, there wasn't I hunting think of pressure. A lot of situations like that, though, where you're saying, especially like where it's a bigger flock, and mm-hmm. it was a big like, flock. I'm sure that happens really more than you'd even think. Where it's just like one hen, just I mean, you know how turkeys are. They're just scared of everything. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, one hears a raccoon down there doing something, and it can't see it, but it just flies away because it's making yeah. some weird noise. You know, I think. Yeah. As long as, like you, you, like you said, you stayed calm after that. You just sat right down. And I didn't, didn't stay calm. <laughs> <laughs> you, did, you sat down and you didn't keep, yeah. like, plowing Moving. through the woods. Right. You know? didn't, get, didn't get so mm-hmm. flustered that we were just plowing through the woods, just saying, mm-hmm. like, kicking our ass and being like, uh And we were, we, I was kicking our ass, but it was just, like, in the same spot. And then we kind of, I remember my dad, too. He's very good at, he's a good He's good for me to hunt with because same reason I like hunting with you where it's just like, who cares? Like, it's who knows what could happen. It's done now, too. Yeah, and you're like, okay, you're right. Kind of snap back into reality of, well, there's always a chance that it could still work. And sure Mm -hmm. enough, that I mean, I remember we sat down and then that turkey gobbled. And (laughs) I was like, yeah, it's like, oh. And I won. And I was putting a lot of pressure on myself at that time, too, because my dad had just drove all the way from. And it was not the seasons are broken up so I, we didn't have a whole lot of time mm-hmm. it was just a few days but but anyway that was one example of but then i've also been in some examples or situations i suppose where it's been the complete opposite where it's like you can see the damn thing but he's not gonna gobble at you mm-hmm. like he just will not gobble and no matter how crisp and good and perfect you call <laughs> it's like he doesn't care at all mm-hmm. So that's an interesting one to me. I think it's probably just turkey to turkey, really, mm-hmm. at that point, and mm-hmm. probably depends somewhat on pressure and maybe how much life experience they have. It's it's hard for me to say or anybody to say, really, probably. I mean, as far as just having an opinion on it, though, I definitely have an opinion that pressure certainly makes an impact yeah. on. Um, you yeah, know. it's like I think it's almost like they feel like, well, I got. I got a hen right here. I don't need to be mm-hmm. getting Risking carried it. away. And, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I know if I gobble, then there's going to be f- people coming at me from four different directions in this spot. I think that's definitely a real thing. Mm-hmm. I also think that the communication of a drum is more like mm-hmm. valuable to a tom than we realize mm-hmm. or that we put. And I think a lot of those birds, real. I mean, maybe tomorrow that's not the case being opening day, but after one experience mm-hmm. where he's gobbling his his butt off and then all of a sudden <laughs> someone just comes crashing down in there on him yeah. or maybe i mean i'm not saying everybody does that but it all it takes is that one yep. experience for him to for him to realize all right spring's on i gotta be a little mm-hmm. more careful now and i think that one, there's some that are obviously better at that than others realizing mm-hmm. that and i yeah i do think that i've seen you know where you're looking at one individual turkey that you're like Odds are pretty high that he hadn't seen much mm-hmm. this far away from well, the road. I think a good a example would be growing up in like open field country where, like, I got, I, especially when I was living up in Wisconsin, mm-hmm. like, I can drive around and you can just, I mean, you can look at every local winter flock as long as, I mean, you've got a pretty good idea on where they're going to be during which time, which time of day, and like where you can drive and see turkeys, and you, you can get a really, a pretty good head count, I feel like, on how many turkeys are around. And it's just like, Maybe there's a group of four toms. Don't see this as much anymore, but I can remember being like, "All right, well, there's four. There's four toms living here. That, and like, they'll be there the, the whole spring in the area. So mm-hmm. it's like they're rolling around. It's a group of four, and then all of a sudden one got picked off. You know, now it's a group of three, and then they're a little more weary. You know, mm-hmm. and then maybe they're by the end of the season it's down to one, and you show show that thing a decoy because every turkey yep. up there gets killed over a decoy. It's like he's just running the other way. Yeah. That's probably the most straightforward way to explain it is just like being able to watch that happen is pretty interesting. I have a like, I have how, a, adapt, like how quickly they adapt to after they see something. When they watch their buddy get yeah. rolled right yep. beside them. I mean, I have a great example of that where we turned the turkey straight weird. We got him, but it was our fault, and we mm-hmm. get to watch it. And Yeah, and I mean, it's inevitable. You're going to do it. I mean, you could think there's a lot of things you can always just try to be conscious even if i mean i think i'm always trying to be conscious when i'm out there after i shoot something you know Mm -hmm. if there is another one around be like all right just let him do his thing so he's not gonna be a fit for somebody else to deal Mm -hmm. with or or if 
I were to want to come back, you know, maybe it's an area that I hunt quite a bit. Mm-hmm. It's just like try to be kind of cautious after you shoot something. Or at least I try to be. I, you can do whatever you want. You can scream. Yeah. Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> Which sometimes <laughs> I do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I have too. So it's like, as long as I don't get too fired up, I try to do that. Right. I, the, the example that I have is we were walking along the road. It was Keith and I, and it was pouring rain. And all of a sudden we strike these two just, just hot, smoking hot dude, <laughs> birds. And they, I think they were both, you know, uh, they appeared to be two-year-olds both, which mm-hmm. I'm not not positive either way, but they were both about the same size, and they traveled. They were traveling together. They were do- doing that clone thing, you know. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> we got them all fired up and called them in, and at the time we were still using decoys, and birds come in gobbling to the decoy, and Keith dumps one of them. And because we had the luxury of watching the footage back, we were able to notice that the other one had a broken tail fan and you know with the footage you can like pause it and count how many feathers it is from the middle it's like we knew it was exactly this turkey Mm -hmm. ended up going away hunting some different areas came back a few days later with ben and we heard a turkey moved in on him got right into the perfect position put that stupid decoy out there and he was going to come to us. He was going to the high point that we were set up on. We put the decoy out regardless. And as soon as he popped out and saw that decoy, it was the same one his buddy just got hit mm-hmm. over. He putted. He just putt. And then he started, like, strutting again. Mm-hmm. And then because he did, we got footage of his tail fan again. And we mm-hmm. knew that was the same turkey. And this is several. This is even maybe, like, a quarter mile away. Not terribly far, but, you know, he'd moved a decent mm-hmm. bit. And um, ended up then the next day we were like, all right, we're going to get him. We're not going to use the decoy. We're going to the same ridge. Well, he was roosted in a little bit different spot, and he kind of went a different direction out of the roost. And he was gobbling a lot, and we kind of lost track of him. And we're like, well, let's just try to get back up on a high point to where we can really hear, try to make sure we know exactly where he is, and then we can decide from there. Mm -hmm. And we get to where we can hear this thing again. He had just went over a ridge and we just couldn't hear him and he's losing it he's gobbling at everything and he's tucked down in this bowl where a little finger ridge juts out from the main ridge and he's down in that bowl and you can hear him scratching down there and just gobble at everything every time we called and we got super close to this thing like 50 yards probably and he's alone totally alone and gobbling, 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 gobbling. And it finally gets to a point where it's like, I don't know that there's anything that we can do without, aside from just waiting and seeing what happens, mm-hmm. I don't know that this thing's coming in. Like, it's just like, he's gobbling so much, but he's not moving at all. And you can tell he's also down in there scratching because you can hear it. Mm-hmm. So he's feeding and gobbling, just like, yeah, at this point, I'm not going to risk it. And, you know, I, I think sometimes we don't, give turkeys and and i say this for really every animal that we hunt it's like sometimes we give them too much credit and sometimes we don't give them enough credit Mm -hmm. and i think in this situation it's almost like i really do think like that thing knew better than to risk it to go to that call Mm -hmm. i mean it was the same i was literally using the same call Yeah, i mean that's what warp calls them all screwball turkeys but Uh i think that's what happened that's why a lot of them are the way they are because they just witnessed one of their brothers or they saw they saw someone get or shot you know they heard or they heard you know the pellets hit the tree right yeah. inside their head yeah. like they're yeah they've seen some shit <laughs> yeah i mean some, those are some hard-headed turkeys they know better <laughs> <laughs> maybe they got a bb stuck in their uh, leg or something but like you said about the tail fan tail fan thing it's that because that's what's interesting about growing up where i did because like you can you could see what that because I mean, I mean, runner, I mean, me myself, and between me and all my my buddies, is like we're missing some turkeys out there, mm-hmm. you know, and they're getting away. But then you're going back and trying to hunt them, and just like how much harder you make it on yourself, mm-hmm. you know, because we we're kind of just limited to the spots that we had permission to hunt. Yep. You know, just being young and not having a lot of money to drive around to <laughs> go to new areas. You know, you just it's like you want to kind of get them the first time you're going in yeah. there, otherwise. You're just, it's going to get a lot harder, and you just got to kind of keep doing something different until it works, it seems like. Yep. 
I think that if you're going to keep hunting the same one. Yeah. And I think just thinking outside of the box in general, like we hunted back when we were younger. We loved hunting. It's so funny because I went, I'm not saying that I wouldn't go back and do it again. I just wouldn't put a whole bunch of effort into it like we used to. We loved hunting this river bottom piece. And now it freaks me out to even think about it just because I can't imagine that. I can't imagine like not having, you know, the room or basically limiting ourselves as much as we did hunting this area but we were like oh i don't know probably 20 or 18 eh, 18 to 20 somewhere in there and we were hunting this field that we had always heard this turkey back in there and he was so he was so good he just knew he basically all he knew all our tricks Mm -hmm. and one day we ended up was going out there, and it was real foggy, and it was, again, using some decoys, and we got set up on the one side of the field, and he was on the, the turkey was on the other, and we'd heard him, but then he kind of shut up, and all of a sudden, the fog started breaking, and this is, this is me, Ben, and Brad, mm-hmm. and we're sitting there, and Brad had this gobble call, and I thought, that thing's so dumb, like, we're never going to kill a turkey with that gobble mm-hmm. call, whatever. Here we are, like, using uh, a male turkey decoy, like, totally, totally um, trying to mimic a a male bird anyway with the decoy set up. But we're sitting there, and this turkey comes out, and he's standing on the other side of the field gobbling. Now, at this point in my turkey hunting career, I would have certainly tried to get closer to him than what we were, but we're trying to call him across this field and I'm calling and he's gobbling every once in a while, but he's just standing in one spot. And I remember he'd stand there, turning around, turning around. Finally he starts walking away and I'm like, what the hell? Try that gobble call. Mm -hmm. And Brad hit that gobble call and he immediately turned around and just started strutting facing us. Mm -hmm. And then he just slowly came in and it took probably 45 minutes. And at one point, th- there was enough terrain in the field that we lost sight of him. But then all of a sudden, he popped up, and he was already at, like, 40 yards coming, strutting right in. <laughs> it's just funny how that that situation, we were hunting. I mean, that. so what's interesting about that turkey, and I guess how, how I even got on this story, is that bird ended up being a giant-bodied turkey, long spurs, double beard. Mm-hmm. Like, biggest, you know, and at the time... We were like, especially then, like just like whoa! We just shot a monster old <laughs> bird off this mm-hmm. off this place that everybody hunts. Like mm-hmm. everybody's in there. We weren't that far from the road. It was it was it was a pretty straightforward um, spot, but we felt like we really accomplished something. And what I really think is the reason I got on this story is it's just it was just something different. Yeah, like trying the gobble call was just something different something to um break the mold from what we had typically been doing which wasn't working and i think in general if that's what is happening like don't be afraid to just do something different in Mm -hmm. general like try a different tactic try calling to him a little bit different and i really feel that the more i turkey hunt the more i feel strongly about Every turkey, you have to call to him a little bit different. Mm-hmm. And I really enjoy that process. Yeah, you're just, I mean, from the moment that they first gobble, you're, you're constantly making up something in your mind that you think that that's what they're doing. And whether you're right or wrong, like, I think that's a good thing to be doing. It's just, like, putting yourself, trying to figure out exactly where they're at and what they're doing. Like, what mm-hmm. are, are you hearing hens? You know, what's, what, what's he hitting back when you're, got, when you're calling at him mm-hmm. every time? start doing a little more of that you know and you're just yeah that's i'm excited about it yeah i'm excited to just like constantly be hearing drumming in in my brain for not not because we're actually hearing it but just like freaking myself out (laughs) yeah you're like you're dreaming it up being like june 15th and turkey season's been closed for two weeks (laughs) and i'm just like is that drumming (laughs) like hearing a crow and being like listen listen yeah that's it when, time. when it's still june yeah you're still stopping mm-hmm. for a crow and it's hilarious um one thing that i was gonna ask you about that my dad and i were talking about last night 
Do you ever feel like you've run, run into the turkey? Or have you ever observed the behavior of... He's... And th this is a freaky one, man. There's a turkey that's hot and gobbling a lot. And he's gobbling to something. Like an owl or a something crow. Something that's not another turkey. Yeah, just a mm -hmm. sound. He's like, mm -hmm. he's essentially, you know, sh shot gobbling to mm -hmm. sounds. Mm -hmm. But then there's the turkey that's gobbling a bunch, but he's doing that whenever he wants to. Like a crow flies over and he doesn't. And then it's like a minute later and he's just like, uh-huh. That's a freaky turkey. <laughs> like he, he's making some real conscious uh -huh. and and I think the difference between one that's gobbling at something and the one that's gobbling at, on his own is the one that's gobbling to something is just generally fired up. He's mm -hmm. like just hot. But he he's like touch him and it's like mm -hmm. tss, you know. But the other turkey is like very strategic in how yeah. he's trying to pull a hen to. I just picture him in my mind, and I, this probably isn't true at all, but it's just like that girl flies over, and he's just like, oh, I want to. You know, he's just <laughs> yeah. like trying so hard to hold it back. But the other one, like the other bird you're talking about, just gobbling, and he's just like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Yeah. Oh, I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> I think the turkey that is gobbling to a crow, though, is one that it's like, I'm going to go into that calling sequence much more aggressive than yeah. the one that's calling on its mm -hmm. own. Because if the one's gobbling on its own, I'll probably try to get his attention and make sure he knows. And then that turkey, I'm much more likely to play patient and lay mm -hmm. off. You just, just let them know you're, you're there, basically, because yep. he probably is with the hen if he's not, you know, he's not necessarily shot gobbling that crow. A lot of, I mean, a lot of times it's probably just, you're not close enough to hear the hen going mm -hmm. or something like that. You know, mm -hmm. I feel like that could be the case too. I've even, I've even seen too where I used this example when I was talking to my dad last night. And this is one that I maybe have even talked about on the podcast. I honestly don't know, but I, I get, get pretty fired up on this one. There's one, I'll make it quick. Cause I actually am pretty sure I just talked about this. There's one that we had, 2020 Ben and I where he was gobbling but he wasn't gobbling at something he was gobbling a bunch but I remember it never being like that was in response to a sound like a woodpecker or a crow mm -hmm. and then when we called he didn't respond but we were being real aggressive and we kept calling kept calling kept calling and he just didn't ever really show that much interest and we actually saw him and he kind of just peeled away and, and kind of went the other direction. And I'm convinced that it wasn't that we were, like, in sight or he saw us. It was simply that we came into it way too hot. And we were close, pretty close to him, and then we just went right into it hot. Mm -hmm. Kind of similar to the mistakes that we felt like we made elk hunting a couple times, where mm -hmm. it's like we get into a good position, and then it's just like we just let loose, and it's mm -hmm. it's maybe like well let's build up when you yeah. actually take a step back and look at it let's build this up mm -hmm. but we felt rushed we didn't have a bunch of time mm -hmm. in that situation in 2020 but then in 2021 we ran into a very similar situation where the turkey was acting very similar and we got into a good position basically the same i mean if you could draw it up on a map it would look almost identical these two different hunts same type of terrain hilly stuff and this bird is not gobbling on his own doing his own thing gobbling consistent though and a lot and when i called he did not respond <laughs> he just kind of hung out for a minute and then another minute goes by pow he gobbles and that thing and then we sh we shut it off we scratched a little bit and then we pretty much shut it off thinking if he's making his own call like he's not gonna come in screaming you know, he's not on fire so much mm -hmm. that he's just going to dumb right in doing, you know, quote mm -hmm. unquote, reading the script. He's not going to do that. He's going to take his time and play mm -hmm. it at his pace. And it's exactly what he did. He came in and we ended up seeing him for 10 minutes. He didn't move his foot. You know, his feet were in his footprints in one spot. And he didn't do mm -hmm. anything. And finally he got f frustrated and he gobbled. And after he did that a couple of times, he gobbled two or three times. 
he took off moving again and he got out of sight and when he did then i called to him another time and that's when i kind of brought a little bit of calling but at that point he had started commit Mm -hmm. i visibly could see him through the timber committing Mm -hmm. and that's just the switch that and i think sometimes that's a case because that kind of reminds me of the one killed ted killed in kentucky last year that like Mm -hmm. cinnamon one Mm -hmm. whereas like i we know that there was several turkeys down in that bottom Mm-hmm. that first light and we i think we even caught a glimpse of him kind of flocked up like him with a couple hens you know mm-hmm. and then later in the morning it was like they went off to nest or something i, I don't know what happens if they actually do lose him or if they just let him go mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. but either way it was like he was by himself now and he was coming up to check us out where we had called from before because we were just sitting in the same spot because we had turkeys gobbling in other directions too but eventually the one that we were closest to kind of fired back up and he kind of he kind of just got in the thick stuff and got to like 40 yards where it was too thick for Ted to shoot and he came up to where he could see where we were at and he he couldn't see a hen so we went back over the ridge and it was kind of one of those same deals where he was pretty stubborn like you're saying mm-hmm. and then eventually hate we kind of jumped out in front of Hayden and Hayden kept him kind of fired up and he eventually pulled him by us but we weren't you know we were way in front of where Hayden was calling from, and he just got on the edge of that thick stuff and followed it right to us. Mm-hmm. But, That's like, I think he would have done the same thing again, you know, yep. if he would, have, he would have just went to where he thought he could see and it was too thick. So That's another good tactic for a hen-up turkey or a bird that's just gobbling and is very stationary too there's two there's two ways i think it can go it can go like what you had happen where you're letting him or you're you're basically getting close enough to where you can get a shot at that hang-up point Mm -hmm. in relation to your drop back collar Mm -hmm. and that's that's one way the other way is is like if you and i were just hunting together not trying to you know be filming over the shoulder it's like if we got one goblin it's sim- we did it with with Dave a few few yeah. years ago. Where he it's like kept him gobbling. He kept him gobbling, and we just started moving in mm-hmm. because it was like this thing just isn't gonna break. Mm-hmm. And you know, we both <laughs> I think we both look back on that one and we're like, what the hell? We should have killed that turkey. Uh-huh. But, but that's why it's part of the learning yeah, experience. Yeah, just a, a deal where we didn't make an aggressive enough move at the end. But <laughs> it, I mean, as far as we were within gun range of the turkey, oh, we, just, yeah. we just didn't. We never really saw I don't think we ever even saw him, did we? No, we never saw him. We probably either should have called or just tried to keep popping up to where, because, like, we, there's probably a potential we could have just popped up and I've seen him there, you know. I felt like I felt like that's where we were with it, and mm-hmm. and that was pretty much our best play mm-hmm. at that point. I mean, I, he had to have been, if I remember right, 20, 25 yards mm-hmm. even. Like, he was enough topography so and close. Fixed up in a way that we couldn't uh-huh. could never see his head, and we thought he, he was going to take a couple more steps you know and come check us out eventually because dave was back behind us but mm-hmm. he just sat in that spot that he liked over there and he gobbled forever <laughs> lots and lots and lots and lots of times <laughs> the, one of the most you'd ever <laughs> you get ever dave o on, on you with a call and <laughs> it's kind of hard to shut up he couldn't resist <laughs> yeah he was doing some crazy stuff yeah, i like that mm-hmm. yeah and you know it's it's Maybe seems crazy or silly to say, but I really believe if you break down every gobble situation, like how consistent, what he's gobbling at, um, how much he's moving, and you kind of just start making a collection of those. It's like you end up having this memory. You, you have like a turkey hunting memory library. It's almost just like you can go reference your journal, right? And you can look back on those experiences and say, okay, last time I heard this cadence at a crow, you know, and he was gobbling at crows, and it was this time of the day, and this was the weather, and here are all the conditions overall. And you start just putting those every time you go out into that memory bank. Then when you hear a specific sound from that turkey you can just go pop like pop a memory out of the bank right Mm -hmm. it's like boom it's like okay i've had this experience or something similar and you just kind of play naturally you've heard what a hen does after Mm -hmm. turkey gobbles Mm -hmm. if you if you are lucky enough to get out there enough and experience that enough and like you said as long as you're paying attention to that stuff you're going to be able to pick up on it and 
throw something out there, like you said, similar cadence at least. I mm-hmm. mean, I, I don't think I can exactly sound like a, as much like a hen as I'd like, but I can do the cadence. Like you were, you were listening to me edit some footage of Crystal before. Mm-hmm. I mean, she just started turkey calling last year, and she she doesn't necessarily sound the best, but she had has the right cadence. And mm-hmm. I mean, she called a couple turkeys in last year. It's all all it takes a lot of times. Yep. It's it's really just about the cadence is so much so too that I don't really think it matters at all because I've heard hens sound so weird mm-hmm. before. We're mm-hmm. like, that sounds like bad calling. Mm-hmm. One's just coming in like, meow, 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 meow. <laughs> but it's yeah. it's all about how the cadence goes and yeah, that's if you there's one really it's volume too i feel like yeah. for a lot of people that because like we're talking about it's fun to go back and hunt with like some of our hometown buddies now that we haven't hunted with for a long time or maybe i mean a lot of the people i'm going with maybe haven't turkey hunted at all mm-hmm. and you give them a call or you know and it's just like man they're <laughs> they're blowing one one's eardrums off off a lot of times yeah where that's probably what's really turning the turkey off, you know. Mm-hmm. As long if you're just doing that a little quieter, he might be coming in fired up. But it's just like you get to a level where you're way too loud, and they're just like, "All right, that ain't real." <laughs> yeah, and it, but but it's also interesting too, how within the hunt, it's it's situational. Like yeah. if if you're trying to get one goblin, like you got no lead or whatever, and mm-hmm. you're up on a high point, it's like something that has just been drilled into my brain that i used to never do back in the days of i guess pre-midwest whitetail i used to never get on like minus says pre-collision assist it's telling me we about to hit something and we didn't <laughs> so that's good <laughs> every once in a while it'll did we mention little... that we're driving uh, yeah we did okay I, and, and if you can't tell we're driving at this point yeah here's here's another reminder that we're driving <laughs> And that wasn't Jacob Fortin either. <laughs> um, yeah, sorry if you don't like the audio, but we think it's, I mean, we just do so much driving. It's a great time to just sit down and talk. And I think with these headsets on, it should be yeah. good enough for you. We did, we did one. Well, I was telling you about yeah. the one that we did, uh, Roy mm-hmm. and I did. And yeah, it's. We're thinking about filming it too. Let us know. I think it'd be cool to just set a camera up in here and do mm-hmm. a, like a video t- type podcast. See how goofy we look driving down the road with <laughs> headsets on. Uh-huh. People probably get probably get some pretty hilarious looks if we were. Uh huh. But anyway, what were we talking about? We were talking about um, what I used to not do was get on like a high point and just get on them with a, a loud call. Mm-hmm. Like I got so. I think it's important though that you start soft and yep. then work your way up because yes. like yeah, if, if something were to be close, you wouldn't want to start super loud. But yeah, if, if you're just kind of prospecting, look, looking for a, sh- a shot gobble, basically looking for a bird. Mm-hmm. Just kind of get loud enough where you feel like everything, if you're in some s- stuff with topography, for example, everything, at least on the other ridge, would hear you. And mm-hmm. then keep moving, it seems I, like. I learned it from Warb, though, for sure. Like, just oh, get yeah. <laughs> to a good spot and just watching him just, yeah. like, just lay. I mean, I, I, I don't even know that you can totally... <laughs> appreciate it from a video standpoint too and yeah i mean it would be blowing the audio out if yeah <laughs> and and when also just like you can't you can't just incorporate the whole 15 minutes that it took to get one to actually <laughs> yeah. get fired yeah, up just relentlessly doing a sequence not just like constantly for 15 minutes but just like really painting a picture in one's mm-hmm. mind mm-hmm. Well, and that's what that's what i was telling my dad last night there's a couple situations last year and even the situation that we were talking about and that you and I had um, uh, back in 18 when the one came in behind us. Mm-hmm. It's like we got on a high point, we scratched, we yelled, so we kind of built up this scene and it's the same thing I was doing quite a bit last year in the hills with uh, Keith and Jacob, other Jacob. Mm-hmm. We were getting up to these high points and we weren't hearing birds right off the bat and Again, can't do it justice in the video because, like, I mean, the videos would just get so long-winded if you just showed how, you know, how much time we put into, you know, these specific <laughs> setups, I guess, Where's or whatever. Oh. 
You want to cut that out. What's that at 54, 54? Correct. And I feel like another just underrated thought that we're since we're speaking of things that we kind of picked up on from more uh just really really listening after you call just i mean mm-hmm. for for a while and just hold your breath don't make a single noise mm-hmm. at all because i mean if you can pick one up from 800 yards away might be the difference of you turning around and going back to the truck or yep. you know whatever it, it's just gonna save you a lot of time and it's gonna kill you a few extra birds if you're like be conscious that like if you're hunting with people that nobody is walking around making noise on the gravel or the stones or the Mm -hmm. leaves you know just being calm 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 and quiet and listening sitting there with your mouth open and looking like (laughs) looking like i used to look in high school when they were trying to teach me math (laughs) mouth just wide open dude i've always been i've always been a bit of a a hard ass on the like moving like uh-huh. just brushing your clothes yeah, just don't it's move like, at all just stop moving around i'd get so flustered at, least at for my a couple buddies. seconds yeah and you're it, gonna you're gonna i just love sitting there li- I, I enjoy that too i mm-hmm. found really found some peace with that of just mm-hmm. listening real deep and you only get it i shouldn't say you only get it during a specific season but you get it the most in turkey and elk hunting mm-hmm. where you're just like all right let's just listen and we just sit here and enjoy that that wood silence if you mm-hmm. will because it's never really silence but it's you just get to listen to nature and mm-hmm. ambient sound yeah and i um think that the the thing that i didn't have in the past was patience within that loud sequence right so let's paint let's paint the picture you get to a spot where you feel confident that a turkey would want to be maybe you found sign there maybe you find sign there and you're like okay this is a good spot you start it quiet to make sure there's nothing around like you said and then you go a little bit louder and then you maybe take a little break you listen you scratch especially if you get and I'm not saying go out of your way to scratch if you don't have if you got wet conditions or something it's not as big of a deal but you know if you've got real dry leaves just stand there and rake those things mm-hmm. I'm a firm believer that you can hear that especially in like a big woods dry, mm-hmm. dry ground setting like whew, you can sometimes hear that from like hundreds and hundreds of yards yeah, away for sure. and you scratch it and then you get a little louder yet and then kind of get to, I like to get to a point too where I'm just like trying to be that seeking hen and we've all mm-hmm. seen it the hen that's walking through the woods fast looking going hey 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 Staying hey 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 yeah you know sticking her neck out looking mm-hmm. looking looking for somebody i think it's important too something that i've noticed or borbs even just told me when i'm trying to strike a bird especially i mean it's where it's nice that we always have like when we're trying to strike one i think general rule of thumb is whoever's filming is like sitting back or whoever's not calling is sitting back not right next to where the call's ripping like mm-hmm. 15 20 yards and just listening real close because i mean if you're running that call super loud you don't hear and it a turkey though. gobbles while you're still calling there's there's a good chance you're not going to hear it and that's warb's uh, always uh harping on me because I, I make those runs of yelping real loud too long where it's like if a bird did gobble and yep. if warb wasn't there listening with me mm-hmm. and vice versa i mean it's, it's happened where he was calling back like, yeah one just gobbled up there he's like did it you know yep. it just happens mm-hmm. all the time just because you're i mean especially on a slate call or a box i mean anything and call that's in your mouth it's like it's right in your ears so mm-hmm. it's definitely dampening most of the sound if a bird gobbles while you're still calling so don't just get on it and be like yeah 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 for 15 seconds and mm-hmm. just keep them shorter and that's why i like that cutting too mm-hmm. yeah. mouth calling pop, or, and then yep. you can listen for at least a second pop 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 yep 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 stop you know just like breaking it up to where you can listen for them now one of my favorite things to do too that i used to not do and i just started doing it i honestly started doing it just because i watched dave do it so much i've talked about this i know i've talked about this before i love ripping into one now i used to never rip into a turkey and just like let loose calling like Mm -hmm. crazy but when i know that he's gobbling when i can hear him just Mm -hmm. cut me off i'll just Mm -hmm. keep cutting into him Mm -hmm. and just keep it going as long as i can and then as soon as it gets to a point where i'm like all right i need to just like try to make him come look in that last little bit i'll generally just shut off completely mm-hmm. and that's that's like 
man, I love that. Mm-hmm. When you hit that one that just like he, he within your calling sequence, he's goblin, you know, mm-hmm. two to five times. You're mm-hmm. like, okay, okay, get ready, <laughs> Jacob, roll that camera. <laughs> <laughs> oh shoot! Well, what's your prediction for opening day tomorrow? Seems like it's gonna be wet. Mm-hmm. It'll be fun though. It's we're gonna be in some good weather here right after that and i'm just excited to be going after turkeys again me too bud i can guarantee you hopefully you guys know it'll be june and we'll be wishing we had another couple months of it we got but we got two miles before we're turning off here so that's a good point before she uh the siri yeah siri gives away our location here (laughs) we're gonna we're gonna cut it off yeah thanks for listening hopefully y'all took something away from it and you know feel free to give us some feedback Catch you on the next one. Into.